Blessed greetings, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Tuesday Tune-Up with Pastor Shirley Johnson. I have really been enjoying spending time with you and getting tuned up in the Word of God together. Well, family, we are smack dab in the middle of our Restoration Destination series, and I think today is a great day for a recap. I have certainly been loving the sunshine on this destination spot of restoration and healing. Jesus has been healing our dry and desert places while restoring us to our rightful place as children of the Most High God. Haven't you been blessed to know that we serve a God who has our restoration in mind? It's not enough for us to be saved. It's not even enough for God for us to be healed. He wants us restored. He wants us renewed. And so this series has really been diving into what that looks like for us individually, what it looks like for us in terms of our own personal trauma and not only healing from it, but being restored from it. So it's just been such an exciting series. I know where I am now, but I can't imagine where I would have been in my life without the restorative power of Jesus. And I'm sure you feel the same way. Life has its ups and downs and its challenges too, but the faithfulness of our God to restore us never ceases. It just never ends. So before we sail away to our restoration destination, let us pray and get tuned up in the word of God together. Father, we're so grateful for your love, healing and restoration in our lives. We can experience so much devastation and it leaves us feeling empty and alone, separated from your loving hand we are not at all separated. The scriptures remind us that you take such care with the restoration process that you don't even contract it out to others, not to pastors, not to parents, not to friends, not even a therapist. You do it all yourself. You restore, you confirm, you strengthen, and you establish each and every one of us. And we are so grateful for your love and concern towards us. Be with us today as we seek your word again and gain a greater understanding of the myriad of ways that you restore everything that we've lost. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. (laughs) Every now and again, we, uh, we get a blessing of a fifth Tuesday in the month. And so we wanted to do something a little different today. We are going to conduct a recap of what we've learned so far about victory and overcoming hard times and being healed and making it to our restoration destination. I have a lot of friends. I'm a friend of mine. She just got back from Greece and she loves to travel. That That's her thing. She loves to go to different islands and, and see places that she's never seen before. It's it's something about those destinations that bring about a relaxation and a peace. And when I think about the restorative power of Christ, when I think about the healing process and just how God himself just works this process, it reminds me kind of of that vacation, going off someplace where you're just completely in the presence of the Lord. And so when I think about restoration, I do think about it as a destination because there is a stealing away that occurs where we get into a quiet place with our God. And it's just our time with God to kind of mend and heal and and sew together. You know, I, I love how the scripture says that he knit us together in our mother's womb. And that, I love that description because it talks to the, the care that God takes And how many of you know that sometimes we can go through a level of trauma where 
whether people can see it or not, there's a label on us that says handle with care. And Jesus and God is so gracious to do that. Satan will attempt to call into question our identities and he'll use any possible weakness or insecurity that we have to create this identity crisis, this skewed view of who we are and who God says we are. And then he plays on that, that, that skewed viewership or that skewed identity crises to lamp up all of these things in us and on us and, and carry these heavy burdens in our mindset that are so just opposite of what God says we are and who we are. A couple of weeks ago on the heels of, of having an identity crisis, we learned that that faulty viewership skews our ability to maintain a, a healthy self-perception. And that healthy self-perception isn't, um, it's not funneled through our, our own being. And so in other words, this, this healthy self-perception does not stem or root from us. It stems from the word of God and the word of God telling us who we are. So our confidence is in the word of God and it, it portrays that healthy self-image. So this is not a conceit. Sometimes we talk about people who are so conceited. Um, I believe there was a song, you're so vain. I bet you think this song is about you. So that was kind of that conceited type of self-perception. But the healthy type of self-perception that we're talking about today comes from a confidence of knowing who we are in Christ. There's a healing for skewed self-view, but restoration also needs to take place if we're going to live out our lives in total victory. So the healing is, it's almost like a two-step process. The healing is that first step. It goes in, nourishes our hearts, you know, restores and, and, and you know, sweeps up the debris and clears out that way. And then that restoration takes place in that healed place so that we can operate in a very healthy way, not only with God um, and ourselves, but with others. We concluded the lesson with a focus on the residual pain, hurt, shame, and sometimes even disconnection or feelings of disconnection from God resulting from an identity crisis. It's not enough to experience healing separate from restoration. The process goes hand in hand. Take, for example, Peter. Peter erred and felt that he, what he had done in denying Jesus was enough to separate him from Christ, to remove the discipleship that was on his life. Peter was burdened thinking, uh, I can only imagine thinking thoughts such as, you know, how could I say I love Jesus yet I deny him? How can I claim to know that he's the Messiah, but I can't stand with him? How many of us have had those feelings when we have done something or thought something or acted in a certain way and we thought, oh my gosh, what have I done to Jesus? What have I done? And this will, you know, and, and you get that feeling of shame, you get that feeling of separation, and then the enemy works that thing and he makes it way bigger than it is so that we can continue to think we can't be connected to Christ because that's his goal. His goal is to keep us forever separated and disconnected from Christ. Peter knew he'd been forgiven for denying Jesus, but he longed for restoration. Could I ever be restored? Will the pieces of my broken heart ever be mended? Have I been stripped of my discipleship forever? These are all the, the things that had to be floating through Peter's mind. The answer to them is absolutely not. Jesus has been crucified. He A group has gone to see him at the tomb and seek him out. But when when they were met by the angel, remember what the angel said in Mark 16 and 7, he says, but go tell his disciples and Peter 
he is going ahead of you into Galilee and there you will see him just as he told you. The scripture was careful to say, and Peter, because it was speaking to the very fact that Peter thought he was no longer a disciple. And truth be told, the others probably didn't think so either. The process of restoration, the renewed person goes from broken, deformed, or useless to a place of healing and purpose. This is exactly what happened with Peter. Jesus called for his disciples and Peter. Calling Peter by name was a direct message to him that said, Peter, you are forever mine, ever connected, never separated. The same is true for each and every one of us. We are ever connected, never separated, just as it states in Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Isn't that a beautiful thought? We're going to err in this life. We are going to make mistakes. We are going to get it wrong. We are going to fall down. All of those things are so true. Yet none of those things are big enough or strong enough to separate us from Christ. Restoration does not take all day. Sure, we're going to go through things for a season, but then God's grace is going to swoop in and raise us up. 1 Peter 5 and 10 describes the restoration process in this manner. And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. The trouble will come, but my friends, I want you to know it won't last always. Last week, we took a deeper dive into the restoration destination to explore the caverns of his well. There's an attitude or a mindset during the restoration process that accepts all is well, despite what may be taking place simultaneously. We discussed Horatio Spafford, an affluent businessman who experienced two major traumas back to back, the loss of his fortune in October of 1871, uh, and then in November just a month later. And that same year, he lost all four of his daughters when two ships collided together. It was a tragedy of losing his daughters that prompted him to write, It is well with my soul. Perhaps one of the most famous hymns. When peace like a river attendeth my way. When sorrows like sea billows roll. Whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say. It is well. It is well with my soul. Spafford could not get his head around everything that was going on, one behind the other. But he knew the power of God. He understood that there was a peace that he could find only in Jesus to make all things well with his soul. That peace is a component of restoration. Through restoration, Despite what we've done, despite who we've been, despite what we've been through, that peace is part of our, our restoration and it allows us to, despite all those things, maintain a level of peace and calm within our spirits. We also discussed the Apostle Paul, who was certainly a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, falsely accused and convicted boiled in oil, forced to drink poison, and exiled. 
but John's resolve was it as well. Heavily afflicted simply for spreading the good news of Jesus Christ. Yet John found himself in the spirit on the Lord's day. John lived in restoration. He did not allow the trials of life to define him or to chart his course away from God because of perilous times. So often we will allow a test or a trial instead of to to run away from God rather than into his arms, into his presence to get the support that we need. But John had a clear understanding of who he was in Christ and allowed his relationships with Christ to haul away all of the debris of life, which paved the way for his healing and constant place of restoration. The state of all things being well is not connected to our situations and circumstances. It is connected to our God. What you are experiencing right now was orchestrated by God to test your faith and build your endurance during this season. The word says embrace patience and allow patience to have its perfect work in you so that you can be complete, perfect, and lacking in nothing. You may not have lost your fortune and family like Spafford, and you may not have been boiled in oil like John, but we all have shared our own places of trauma that has broken us, devastated us, and brought us to unimaginable lows. But God is the great restorer. He never leaves us in our broken and shattered states. Situations will test our faith, but they will also strengthen our resolve and make us warriors. I encourage you today not to lose heart because 1 Peter 5 and 10 reminds us that there is restoration on the the other side of devastation. That devastation, that situation we we are going through or we're just coming out of, God is standing right there to him, he himself heal us, confirm us, strengthen us, and establish us. He's going to sustain us so we don't have to worry and we don't have to fret. But we do have to know him. The Bible encourages us to examine ourselves and to test what's in us, where we are. This reflection is not only important to pinpoint the moments we get off course, but more essential to recognize the point of restoration and healing. It was never Christ's desire. It is not his heart that we are ever separated from him. And sometimes we hide out of shame, embarrassment, much like Adam and Eve. But he will seek us out every time. And in Ezekiel 34, 16, it states, I will seek the lost and I will bring back the strayed and I will bind up the injured and I will strengthen the weak. I don't know about you, but I have been lost. And I know what it feels like to be lost. I know the, the overwhelming whelping up inside of fear that comes from being lost. And then I was found and life was good. And I found myself in a place of being strayed, straying away. And I know what it's like to stray away. I know what it's like to get a little too far from the fire. I know what it's like to be injured, to have a broken heart, to have a broken will. have a broken wing 
Sometimes your dreams get broken. Sometimes your vision gets blurry because of an injury. And I know what it's like to be weak. I know what it's like to muster every ounce of strength in your body just to get out of bed. But I'm encouraged because God says, I will seek those who are lost. And he sought me and he found me and he brought me into perfect covenant. And when I strayed, he ran after and grabbed me and said, no, my daughter go this way. And when I was injured with meticulous care, he bind me up. And when I was weak, he carried me on the wind of his strength. If there's anyone listening today who says, woo, I do have been lost. Or I'm not fully lost, but I am straying. Or I'm wounded. I'm devastated emotionally, psychologically, physically. And I'm just sick and tired of being sick and tired. And it's weakened me. If there's someone listening who says I am not saved, but I would love to know a savior who will do all this. One who will seek me out. One who will bring me back. One who will bind me up care and love and one who will strengthen me when I'm at my lowest point. I would love to know this Savior. One who loves me and doesn't shame me. Then this is your moment. The Bible says it is by grace that we are saved, not of works. You do not have to earn your salvation. You simply have to accept it. Maybe we have another person listening today who says, I'm saved, but I'm struggling. I need restoration. I've been afraid to cry out because of the fallout, but I realize that God has healing and restoration for me and I want it. If you simply desire to have that restoration, we want to pray with you. It's simple to accept the Lord. It doesn't take deep poetic words. You simply just have to accept him. If you're looking for salvation, just repeat after me. Father, I know I am a sinner, but right now I confess with my mouth the Lord Jesus and I believe in my heart that you've raised him from the dead and that through my confession I am saved and Jesus is my personal savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Teach me more about your love and how I can love others in Jesus' name. If you just prayed that prayer with us, please send me a message to TuesdayTuneUp1 at gmail.com. I would love to praise God with you and welcome you to the family of Christ. Be sure to get connected to a teaching church in your community where you can grow in the knowledge of God, be encouraged through Christian fellowship, and increase your faith. I praise God for you, and I'm so excited about your amazing journey. Father, bless those who know you. They're in relationship but they're still in need of healing and restoration. They're injured, they're lost, they're strayed, or they're just weak. 
Come in and rescue them, Lord God. Come in and show them the fullness of what healing and restoration looks like on display in them. Do a great and mighty thing in all of our lives. This week, let this message permeate our lives. Let it permeate our walk as we seek you more for our own personal areas that need healing and restoration. Sometimes we don't even realize that we're we're we've been traumatized in certain places, but you reveal those areas to us so that we can come into that place of healing and restoration and be a stronger person for the kingdom of God. Thank you for those who accepted you as their personal savior, lead and guide them in your word and in your wisdom through worship. Help those seeking healing and restoration to find it in you and accept the perfect work of the cross in Jesus name. Amen. I have certainly enjoyed our time together today. Do me a favor and go to your preferred podcast platform. Set Tuesday Tune-Up as a favorite so that you can get all the updates when we post. And please tell a friend. These short series make great personal devotions as well as small group studies that are impactful, practical, and applicable to everyday living. We love and appreciate you and we look forward to getting tuned up with you in the Word of God together next time.